Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where the discussion ranges from employee safety, environmental protection, policy creation, training methods, employee engagement, and everything in between. Your host is Dr. Mark French. As an industrial and organizational psychologist and certified safety professional, he's going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in EHS and how they impact our everyday workplace. Welcome to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Hey, I am your host, Mark. So happy that you have joined me. Uh, for this episode of my podcast. One thing I love about safety, the thing I have found that really drove me into this podcast and the title of it, Leading and Learning, is whenever I have taken the chance to deep dive safety, if you take one individual of your organization, you follow them around, you deep dive safety, really get to know it, really get to understand that one person's, that one job, and understand the safety that is going in, the inputs, the outputs, what creates the safe environment. You walk away learning more about your organization, more about your culture, more about the workflow, more about the work process than just safety. You learn it all by deep diving through safety. And that's what I love about when I say we lead and we learn through safety such a great interest because it, one, shows that we care about our people, two, allows us to explore our organization, our culture, our processes. At the same time, we are meeting some human needs of our organization. And if all else fails, it's also part of the law. So (laughs) we have to do it. But I think it's fantastic. Welcome to the podcast. So happy that you're here. Let's, uh, you know what? Let's get right into it. Found a really great article this week um, detailing President Joe Biden's administration, kind of their top five initiatives. What are they looking at in 2022? And this is from JD Supra, the webpage that kind of keeps up with a lot of the legal activities that are going on throughout the nation. And so they looked at what are Biden's top five. Number one is no surprise here, OSHA staffing and enforcement. Uh, Under the Trump administration, it was really just let it go. There was no movement up, down, movement down because of attrition, but there wasn't a really dedicated resource to move it forward. Uh, Biden administration is committing that they are looking at doing more for OSHA staffing and thus enforcement officers. Now, I would like to see that staffing also would be OSHA staffing, enforcement, and learning or outreach. Uh, I don't like just the idea of staffing and enforcement. That certainly sends uh, the message <laughs> of what they're planning to do versus uh, what I, I think would also be beneficial for that aspect. 
but we have been missing. Uh, our OSHA forces have been very light as of late. They have needed additional funding. They have needed additional people. Hopefully this is the beginning of starting that process of getting people in place in the organization to begin that outreach, to begin that enforcement that has desperately needed to happen over time. The next one is OSHA record-keeping regulations. This has been so up and down. Uh, and, of course, record-keeping is my hot button anyway because I think it. we all know it's unfair. It was written to be unfair, and yet we as safety professionals are so misjudged by it. We are always ranked on our record keeping and we always get the most arguments about record keeping. Is that a recordable? Oh no, how do we make it not a recordable? Well, why don't we look at how we not have it be an incident, rather how not to make it a recordable. But anyway, with uh, the electronic documentation, it was in under the Obama administration, Trump administration, then came in, made some changes, and now they're looking at more amendments uh, for what was originally intended for the electronic documentation of the OSHA log. So I expect that's going to be resurrected, revisited, more information to be published on it and to be done and more paperwork for we safety professionals that honestly, I'm not really sure is where value is added in our work that we do every day. I feel this is the work that has to be done. There are certain reporting requirements, of course, that is part of any job that has legal implications, but it is so time-consuming when we have to evaluate it, look at it in the organization, have discussions within the organization, and then try to figure out where to record it, how to record it, where to send it, all of that for something that is well past having an injury. And I know the idea is that the results should drive some sort of action. I'm not sure this is the right way to do it, but this is what we have. The third one is one that I am very passionate about, one that I have had trouble with uh, for a significant part of my career, and that's the OSHA Heat Illness Standard and National Emphasis Program. There's not great data, and there's not wonderful, uh, clear-cut methodology for heat stress, uh, and rightfully so, because everybody adapts to heat different, the acclimation period, there's a lot about the human physiology and the person and their individual that affects heat stress and the rate of heat stress and how it affects the body. We need more information on how to comply and not just comply. I say that in a way, but what I mean is I want concrete measures that I can point to and say this will help protect my team. The work rest period is good, but how do you enforce it for employees that are remote or if you have a lot of different employees in, in different locations? How are you assuring that is happening? How do you know what temperature to do it? Because there's been certainly some legal challenges to the heat index scale that were handled and raised some doubt on the heat index scale and its ability to predict heat stress. And so it's been very difficult. 
as a professional that has worked with both indoor heat and outdoor heat to find a way to concretely point in my management and go, well, here's the law. Here is the way that the law says we can protect our people. A lot of it is speculation. A lot of it is having to work within the confines of the information we do have. Some of the the work by different industrial hygiene organizations has some great data. And then compliance. How do we help enable our team to be compliant? Surprisingly, there is still a lot of the, hey, I'm working and I want to be tough about it. And I'm going to show you how strong I am by working harder. And we need some guidance on how to do that better. The fourth one is one that, for me, I I don't have a lot to do with in a day-to-day, and that's proposing to decertify Arizona's state plan because of some issues within the state not performing as they should. And then the final one is rulemaking for the first COVID-19 emergency temporary standard for health care. They want to make it a permanent law of some form. We're not going to let COVID-19 go. Um, We're going to keep working through that one. So the one I'm really interested in more than anything else is really what are we going to do about heat stress? I think that's where they should be focusing. I wish that was number one. I wish that they would give us that guidance. And I think it's something we've needed for a long time within the safety profession. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast in just a minute. You've got a friend in the safety business. Who wants to help your team work safer? The safety dude. Who wants to help your leadership engage through safety? Again, the safety dude. Who is there to take your safety systems to the next level? That's right, the safety dude. Who has the knowledge and skill to drive safety ownership? You know it, the safety dude. So who is the safety dude? Dr. Mark French is an experienced and credentialized safety professional with a focus on the organizational psychology of your company. You can find a safety dude at TSD Amalgamated Safety Consulting, where he is ready to focus on your team's safety www.tsdamoglamated.com Welcome back to the second half of our Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Uh, Still glad you're with me as we walk through the world of safety as a leadership tool. And I had one of those revelations, one of those where you're standing in the shower, the hot water is running all over you, and and you suddenly have that thought that's both random, but also like, whoa, a little bit eye-opening. And it came back to the idea, and I've never, I've been talking about it, but not really talking about it. And it's about empathy in the workplace. A lot of recent research has brought forth the need for emotional intelligence, the need for empathy as we work, that in this new system, the enlightened era that we live in, that empathy is the real idea. When we look at it from a safety standpoint, it makes perfect sense. If we can put ourselves in the shoes of those that we work with, of those that we are around, at least in the workplace standpoint, what are they doing from day to day? How are they feeling about the job they're doing? We build that empathy. We automatically build in safety. 
when we think about these organizations that are, are telling people to keep working, even in unsafe situations, when we're demanding that they stay in place and stay on duty and keep working, even though there are extremely unsafe items happening all around them, then we're, we, there is no empathy. Actually, honestly, there's probably no sympathy there either for when something does terrible happen. I mean, we have the the typical, oh, the company will work with OSHA to understand what has happened with this investigation, and we're deeply sorry that this happened. I'm not sure that's true in, in a lot of cases. I think there are times where, yes, that would be. I think there's a lot of cases when you start doing the research and you see fine after fine after fine and you see a pattern of the same behavior, there's both a lack of sympathy and a lack of empathy, thus a lack of humanity. But it's not like this is new. Unfortunately, this has been around since humans have figured out how to use each other as human capital, that there has been that lack of any ability to empathize with what is happening and to do it. There's always been those that have, that have had that grand idea of how do we make it better? What can we fight for or, or put into place to make the workplace safer and better? And then there's always that handful that are head shakingly, unbelievably callous towards their people. And I think that's the hardest thing to overcome as I speak and I talk to others and I, I listen to others tell their stories of the workplace and the behaviors they've seen, the executives they have come across during their work. It's staggering to hear some of the stories that I'm not sure there is a good way to overcome what's happening. And I'm really proud of those safety people and HR people and those who stand for the workers when they're in a situation like that, because that's that's a terrible place to be stuck between the executive branch that are don't care and trying to be the one who cares, trying to be the one that navigates that method and to be there. That's a hard place to be. I mean, it's truly stuck between a rock and a hard place because you don't have the authority to do what you need to do, and yet you, you're pouring your heart, you're pouring yourself, your empathy into the role. And I hear that frequently, not horribly frequently, but enough to where it sticks in your mind. And I'm going to tell a story. This is actually not my story, but it's someone else's who told me this uh, about a time they were working. And this was probably back in the, let's call it the late 80s, early 90s, when when the big automotive, big auto, U.S. automotive was just dominating, um, just truly top tier, best of the best money making machines. And this was a tier one. So this is someone who would send completed components to one of those big automotive groups. And they were well known to be pretty cutthroat and pretty tough. And a, a middle manager was having an issue with their apparent was sick and in the hospital and possibly um, terminal. And they went to their manager and was going to let ask for time off to go be at the bedside or to be there. And the request was rejected because they were in the middle of a launch period and which was a big deal and huge, huge quality potential and everybody all hands on deck kind of 
attitude. And of course they said, well, why? He goes, well, are you a doctor? What are you going to do for your dad? Are you going to be able to help them in any way? Or are you just going to sit there? You might as well be here helping us make this launch go well. Request denied. Wow. I mean, you hear a story like that and you realize automatically that nobody cares about each other. Nobody cares about safety. And I think that's we're seeing a great um, intellectual idea of we're finally studying a lot of this people-based management. And you look at Simon Sinek, you look at Brene Brown, you look at some of these authors who are coming out and talking about the idea of we can run a workplace with empathy and we can make it highly, highly successful, more successful than you can believe by having that empathy. And so I encourage you to think about how we build that. And I also, unfortunately, will say that there are times where no matter how hard we fight, there may be someone who will never develop it, that will have the lowest emotional intelligence, uh, very usually very driven person, um, but will not be able to comprehend or care about the people around them. And that is where we find our most difficulty in the safety world. And we have to... uh, fight harder at times or, or use the, the emphasis of the law to find our way. Yeah. Shower thought this as we were recording the podcast. So this weekend is Memorial day weekend. If you're going to set out, some people are heading out. This is a long weekend, maybe taking a short or trip or vacation somewhere. Drive safe, watch out for those around you. Um, I would also encourage something I have started doing is if I know where I'm traveling and if there's a dedicated drunk driver like reporting number that you can call or a highway patrol number, I'll make sure the passengers in my car know that number so that if we come up on someone who is obviously uh, shouldn't be on the road, that they can make that call as we're driving. It's something new I started after actually seeing someone on the road that was definitely should not have been driving. And um, I couldn't make the call from my phone at the same time because I don't like to be a distracted driver. Uh, so I had to pull over, dial it, try to get it, it didn't go as well as I needed it to. So it got me thinking about making sure that we're proactive when we can be and we see these things that we can step in and do something about it. So please be safe if you're out and about and if you're having a barbecue or whatever you're doing for this long weekend to celebrate this time. I do encourage you to be safe. And until next time that we chat, stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the conversation on the web at www.thesafetydude.org. All opinions expressed on the program are solely the view of the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.